it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 60. Tonight, we're going to talk about money lessons for our five-year-olds. Andrew and I both have younger daughters, and we're going to talk a little bit about money and what we would teach our kids if we wanted to teach them more about money. And I thought I would go ahead and start off and talk a little bit about some of my experiences with my little girly and kind of go from there. So just to kind of give you a little bit of background, my daughter's going to be six here very shortly. And she, we, we go to Walmart a lot, you know, to go shopping and stuff. And she always wants toys and she wants toys, 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 more toys. And my wife and I have been discussing about whether we should give her an allowance, whether she should earn it and kind of gone back and forth on what we should do. And so I thought that I should have her to help her learn the value of money, that I should give her some air quote jobs to earn the money that we give her every week. And so what I thought of was kind of creating basically three buckets. So 
the way I do it is, is that I have a little chart that we created and Sadie, my daughter, and I sat down and we went through everything and we came up with jobs that she could do things like emptying the dishwasher, dusting, helping us vacuum, you know, sweeping the floors, getting dressed every day. Cause that's not something she likes to do at this stage. So all those things we came up with little dollar amounts and whatnot. So at the, every Sunday, you know, we, look at the chart together and then we, you know, tally up her money and then we hand it over. And so instead of just giving her the money and just letting her kind of run wild with it and, you know, going to Walmart or Toys R Us, who was going out of business, sadly, uh, whether we do any of those things and just let her run rampant and, and, you know, basically blow all the money. I thought about, you know, my life and how I kind of learned money and, you know, love my parents to death, but they didn't teach me much about money. And I kind of had to learn it the hard way. And I, after working in the bank for all those years, I noticed that very much so people are really not taught money. They're not taught how to use it, what its value is, how to earn it, you know, how to save any of those kinds of things. And we all have to learn it the really, really hard way. I'll give you an example. Just recently, uh, when I was in another restaurant I was working in, I was away from the restaurant for a bit and a vendor came in and I needed uh, somebody to write the vendor a check. And the other manager that was on duty was a younger guy. And I called him up and said, Hey, can you write this check out for this vendor? And he's like, no, I can't. I'm like, uh, why? He said, I don't know how to write a check. And I thought, what? what, what? And he's like, I don't know how to write a check. And I'm like, uh, how is that even possible? Then I thought about it for a second. You know, he's younger. He's worked in the electronic, he's lived in the electronic age. And so with the internet and, you know, the availability of online banking and debit cards and credit cards, it makes sense. He's probably never, ever written a check before. So I just thought to myself while I was talking to my daughter that this is something that I need to try to help her with. And so the avenue that I started with uh, to kind of work on this. And again, this is always going to be a work in progress was I came up with a bucket of uh, three buckets that she should put her money in and encouraged her to try to help her with these ideas. And so the first, the first bucket is kind of your spending money. So, you know, for a five-year-old, she doesn't have to worry about rent or car payments. She gets to worry about buying more toys, 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 toys. So, you know, what I told her was, is that you can, she'll put some of your money in there. So that's the money that we can go when we go to the store to go shopping, that you can buy yourself whatever it is you want with the money that you earned. It's your money. You can spend it however you want. If you want to buy bubble gum, go for it. If you want to buy another Barbie, go for it. However it is you want to do it. Then I also thought that she needs to learn to start to save because that's something that we all need to learn. And so I, I added a second bucket, which is her saving bucket. And so I have her take uh, 20% of her money and I have her put it in a savings bucket. And that's money that we don't touch and that we save it for a rainy day or let's say that she has a really big toy she wants to save for. Then she can take some of her spending money out and put it in a savings bucket to help her earn it faster. And I thought that that would be a great way to start teaching her how to save at an early age. And then the third bucket I thought of was kind of a giving back a charity bucket. So she takes 10% of her money and puts it in there and she can use that however she wants. So when we go to church, if she wants to donate her money, she can do that. If she wants to give it to a charity of her choice of anything like that, if they have things at school and all those kinds of things. So I thought that was a kind of a great way to try to teach my little girl, 
you know, some basics about money and how you should start kind of setting up how you think about money as opposed to just thinking of it as, as a way to buy more stuff. It's, it's a tool. It's a tool that you can use to help you get the things that you want either now or future or even more future and also giving back because that's very important. You know, we all need to help each other out there and life is hard. We're all going to have down times and I feel I'm very much a, a believer in karma. If you give that, it will come back to you in some way, shape or form. And I just thought that that was a great way to kind of start setting up my daughter to kind of start giving her those ideas. And I also thought, you know, she's not quite old enough for us to start investing, but I have started talking to her about, you know, buying assets, you know, for a kid, for a six-year-old, what is an asset? Well, maybe that's a really, really big toy that she's never, ever going to sell, or it's a dog or, you know, something that she's going to have for a long time and start to teach her the difference between, you know, having an asset as something that you own as opposed to to something, you know, like a popsicle that you buy, you eat it and it's gone. It's not really an asset. So those are kinds of some of the things that I've thought of to try to help kind of start the the conversation with my with my daughter and see if that could help her become more financially literate as well as, you know, a better citizen and a better, you know, person here on earth. Anyway, those are some of my thoughts. Andrew? Yeah, I love that. That sounds more organized than my financial plan, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like from the assets thing, right? I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but if you have the idea of, okay, like you said with the popsicle, that's that's great, right? Well, I ate this popsicle once and then it's gone. And that's akin to a lot of sorts of different liabilities that we can pick up. But it's like um, maybe one way to, I'm just spitballing here, but like you can buy two popsicles or you can buy that gumball machine and then every week we come back and then you can buy a new popsicle with the money you earn from the gumball machine that you left at the store or something right right uh, maybe that's one way to teach about assets now i know you know for certain like i'm not some sort of billionaire uh but i have noticed you know i've had times in my life where i was good with money in times in my life where I wasn't so good. And, you know, it's, I don't think anybody's ever going to be a hundred percent concentrated on finance and, and investments and, and money. I know I certainly haven't, even though it's a huge passion of mine, uh, life just sometimes gets in the way. And, and so you have to structure things so that, uh, this, this stuff kind of runs in the background and runs on autopilot. And that takes away a lot of the, um, effort that might be needed and, and makes the whole process a lot easier. And so, you know, while I might not be a billionaire, I have noticed uh, in my own personal accounts ways that I've been able to grow my money and to have my money work for myself in the sense where I'm putting it away and it's not just a savings account, but I'm seeing real gains and real money that's flowing into my account and growing income streams through dividends. And so that that's something that can be very powerful and it can work in behind the scenes for you. And um as far as the, the basics of money, I was I was very fortunate that my parents um did a good job of teaching me the value of money in the sense that um like I, I remember going to restaurants all the time whenever we go out and uh I got so accustomed to this that ended up being like my preference when I would go out with friends. 
when I first went to college, everybody's getting sodas with their meals and I'm getting water and they're like, what's wrong with you? And so it became like a habit that was ingrained in me, but it was something that uh, my parents were like, no, you can have water. And then if you want like a soda, you can get one later at home when it's not, you know, there were four kids in my family, I had three siblings. So, you know, <laughs> three or four sodas. Plus if my, both my parents were to have one, that's like 10 bucks. Right. Whereas you can get 10, 10, 10, two liters with that at home. So it was like, kind of like that little stuff like that. And then growing up, I got a part-time job and that's how I paid for my first car. My parents offered to help me out with half of the car and then uh, they made me save up. Uh, I can't remember if it was like 500 bucks or a grand. So this was like a $5,000 car. Uh, good looking car, by the way. And my, we nicknamed it my baby girl. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, daydreaming over here. I think my heart's my heart's uh, <laughs> pining for this thing, but uh, 97 Mustang, just in case you're wondering, GT okay. V8, all white, beautiful. Budgeting um, <laughs> was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. 
but sometimes we struggle to perform, our life gets in the way. This is where Hims can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Uh, so I think I paid 500 or 1000 that I had to save up from my part-time job. And then my parents gave me alone for the difference and then they also help pay for some of it so that was really cool it showed me like what having a car payment was like without having me needing to financially struggle or anything you know i think a common mistake i I fell in this into this too even though i my parents did teach me but i fell into having a really expensive car payment for a while and you know it can be a very expensive experience a when you're paying the entrance on that car car auto loan and b if you ever get underwater like i did and you have to sell it really quick and you know you just watch all the thousands of dollars you threw away but anyway the that was something cool and that's something i try to teach to my daughter um i haven't gotten to like any sort of financial plan yet maybe i'll have to talk to you and, and maybe you can do like a one-on-one consult for her and, and get her on the right bucket plan. <laughs> yeah I'll see but, what i can do <laughs> i do I do do something which is kind of silly, um, but I noticed there's like a difference. It's kind of like a skill, and, and if it's like a habit that you can ingrain in yourself, I believe it's really helpful in the, in the world of money. And so it's the whole idea of like delayed gratification. I don't know if I personally had a problem with this, but I, I hear a lot of stories of people saying uh, they come from like a scarcity mentality where whenever they get their paycheck or whenever they get any sorts of sums of money, they just have to spend it all at once, um, which can obviously be very detrimental. But if you can kind of learn how to delay your gratification, do things like saving and investing, then that can obviously put you on a better path and you know start to compound your wealth and uh, build your wealth so, so that as you go on, uh, you can build income streams and you can let compound interest work its magic. But the way I kind of do it is um, I'll go to the gym a lot with my daughter, uh, pick her up from preschool, and then we'll head to the gym and, and she goes in the kids club. And so I tell her, okay, they have a TV in there. You know, I have a certain schedule. She's only allowed to watch uh, usually like an hour of TV a day. So I tell her, while you're in the kids club, if you watch TV in there, then you can't watch TV at home. 
But if you don't watch TV in the kids club and you play around or you, you do drawing or whatever, then when you get home, you can watch TV. And so I think she's, she's picked that up because every either, either a, she's, she's watching the TV and then she's hiding it from me and telling me she didn't watch so she can watch at home. But, you know, I did ask the people who watch her and they say, no, no, she's, she's not watching it or B, you know, she's learning that. Okay. Well, uh, when I enjoy this at a later time, it's going to be that much sweeter. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of one way of, of delaying the gratification in the world of investing. How that works is instead of paying interest, you start to get interest paid to you. And so it becomes more than the, like the whole TV thing. It's kind of like a one for one exchange. But when you get into finance, you, the, the, the scales start to tip and the longer you can delay gratification, the more you can save, the more you can invest, the bigger that output later on in the future. And it really comes down to kind of like the power of compound interest and how that can really grow over time. Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. I really like that. That's a, that's a great analogy. I love the, uh, the delayed gratification. That's a great way to teach saving money. I mean, that's really kind of what it comes down to is, you know, having a priority and setting, setting it forth. I, I remember reading a while back where people were talking about kind of the differences between wants and needs. And I think that's what I'm trying to instill in my daughter is, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, when she's at a store and she wants to buy something, do you need it or do you want it? You know, and there's a difference. And if I can you know, hopefully instill that in her at a young age, that will help her be more responsible with her finances as she gets older. And, you know, I wish, truthfully, I wish that was something that I had learned uh, at a much younger age. You know, I had to go through some financial hardships, you know, like everybody to kind of learn to be more frugal with my money. Uh, not always the easiest thing to go through and you wish you had learned it when you were younger. And, you know, that's hopefully what we can help, uh, you know, illuminate and show people a little bit. You know, we have as parents, we have this huge responsibility to raise our kids. And this is an area of opportunity that I don't think is taken advantage of enough. And again, as seeing this in the banking world, that there are just so many people out there that just don't know how to manage their money. It's, you know. Every day I had people that were spending more than they earned. And in a lot of cases, it was just because they thought they needed something and they were willing to go out and spend it and overdraft their account. And we can get into the whole discussion about how much banks charge for overdrafts, which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, the the fact of the matter was, is they were spending more than they earned and no business can survive that, nor, nor can an individual. And Tesla included, not everybody can <laughs> that can hey, you man, know, handle it. <laughs> can handle that. So, uh, you know, I just think that uh, this is you know I wish this was something that was taught in schools. It's not. So Andrew and I are here to try to help fill that void humbly. And you know, I just think that you know what we teach our kids and the money lessons that we can teach them as where they're growing up is going to help them so much in their in their lives. And it's one of the greatest foundations we can set for them because you think about our civilization, we're all based is all based on money. And that's one of the most important things that we 
have to deal with for the rest of our lives once we're out of college or out of high school and we're working for a living, we have to deal with it. And the fact that we aren't taught those lessons of, you know, spending wisely, earning, you know, earning as much as you can, making your money work for you, compounding, saving money, you know, being frugal. I'm not saying that you got to deny yourself that, you know, Starbucks, you know, twice a week. I mean, if you enjoy it, do it. But, you know, also you got to think on the back end, okay, I spent that money on those Starbucks. Now I got to think about saving money on the back end of something. So I guess my point with all this is that, you know, we have a huge responsibility for this. And this is something that, you know, I wish my parents had taken seriously. It sounds like Andrews did, and he's all the better for it. And, you know, I'm going to do my best for my daughter to make sure that I can provide for her as well as teach her some of these lessons so that she can learn some of this before she's out on her own and she has no idea how to pay for her rent and buy groceries and have all those things. Um, yeah, those are some of my thoughts. <laughs> all right. So you kind of alluded to uh, when maybe when she's seven years old, how you would teach her a little bit more about assets. So let's take the scenario where maybe she's seven or she's nine or she's 11 or maybe she's a new listener to the podcast who knows nothing about money. <laughs> so yeah. What kind of a topic would you maybe segue into next and try to explain that you believe is important regardless if you're a stock market investor, you're a real estate investor, you're just a businessman or entrepreneur, or you're somebody who just wants to work hard, go home and forget about money. What's something besides what we talked about? We kind of talked about saving the importance. We indirectly talked about the importance of a budget, you know, and then obviously briefly touched into making your money work for you and compound interest. But what would that kind of lesson be that you would try to distill to somebody? All right, that's an interesting thought. Well, Assets are obviously something that's going to earn you money. And you know, you think about and you think about the jobs that we all had when we were first kids, you know, paper routes. Uh, what was your first job? I actually had a trash business. Um a trash business, okay. Yeah. Uh you tell. Yeah, yeah, my buddy I basically took his business model and stole it and moved it to my neighborhood. Basically, okay. Basically cloned it. So he had this trash business. What he did is printed out a bunch of flyers and then um, went out and was like, oh, I'll move your trash cans because on their street, it was like Wednesday night or something. The trash would come out. So you'd have to put the trash cans on the street and then the next day bring them back. So he would charge a dollar a week and he had, I think, like 10 clients. So he was able to make like 10 bucks a week for 10, maybe 10 minutes of work you know, one day and 10 minutes the second day. So pretty good per hour income. So I kind of took that and then being the entrepreneur I am, I did, I, I was like, okay, the hard work's getting the customers. Once I have customers, then I can outsource the work. So then what I did was <laughs> got my customers, then I hired my brother and then I had my brother <laughs> do all of the work, work and then pay me back for it. Like, uh, you know, basically pay me like a royalty yep. or residual. Um, he got tired of that pretty quickly, but I was like, man, I did the work for you. I, I never understand why that didn't like why that take didn't off. Yeah. Perpetually. But I guess the idea of me just sitting on my ass and getting paid did not sit well with, sit him, well so. with him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I was probably making 10, 10 bucks a week as well. Oh, that's awesome. So that's kind of a classic example of creating an asset because you created a business that allowed you to get paid. And if your brother had not reneged on his end of the deal, he <laughs> could be a billionaire by now. Right. Uh, but, you know, I guess the the point of that, though, I think, which is kind of perfect, is you created this asset, which was your business, and that business was going to pay you for creating the business. And, you know, you had employees, you know, you had a business model, you went out and hustled and marketed and did all those things. And that's, you know, creating an asset. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, a, you know, a printing machine or a, a grill at a restaurant. It could be, you know, exactly what you just did. And I think those are examples of, you know, when you think about an asset, you know, I always think about something that's going to create money for me. and Ideally, you want it to be something that you're not going to have to put a lot of time and effort into, as well as a lot of capital. In other words, buying more of them. Uh, I had a idea when I was younger of creating a lawn mowing business, and you know, because all the neighborhoods, you know, all the they need to be mowed, and so I thought if I could find four or five other guys that would, you know, borrow their parents' lawnmower, so I wouldn't have any capital outlay. <laughs> uh, in other words, I wouldn't have to go buy more lawnmowers that I would go out and find people to mow, you know, that one of the yards mowed and then I'd have my friends go mow the yards and then they would get a cut and then I would get a cut. And I had some clients that I took on as well. So I didn't, wasn't just sitting on my butt collecting all the money. <laughs> I was actually, you know, leading by example and right, right. You know, <laughs> generating some income so that my friends were more willing to do it. It lasted actually, <laughs> it actually, it lasted a whole summer. Um, <laughs> it worked out pretty good. I think I made like six or 700 bucks that summer. It was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, the next year the guys didn't want to do it. And they found out I was making more money than they were and they weren't happy about it. So, <laughs> but um, the veins of capitalism. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I guess my point being is, is that for somebody that's just kind of getting into this, this could be something that, you know, when you look at an asset, you're looking at something you want to try to create that's going to create revenue for you, whether it's a dividend, whether it's, you know, buying a gumball machine and leaving it someplace and then it, you know, it makes you money every day or buying a cash machine. If you're a lot older, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can go about creating these things, uh, to generate more money for you. Uh, I actually, one of the books that we read, uh, that we talked about just recently, the Joel Greenback book, um, uh, you can be a stock market genius as well. Was that Yep. No, the you little, be, the little, oh, no, 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 it was the, the little, uh, the, the little book that beats the market. It still beats the market. Uh, he starts off the story talking about this kid that would buy a pack of gum and then go to school and sell it for a, a you know, a 50 cents a piece. So he'd pay like a dollar for the whole thing, but he'd make five bucks off the whole pack kind of thing. And I thought that was brilliant. And that's creating an asset, you know, because that's making him money every day. And it was brilliant. And I think when I think of assets, those are kind of the things I think of. And those are the kinds of ideas that I would talk to Sadie about would be, you know, as you get older, you can start working on trying to come up with ideas of how you can make more money for yourself. Besides just working a job, you can find other things that can make you money outside of just, you know, mowing the yard or you know, throwing a newspaper while well, newspapers are kind of dying out. But you can't get my point. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't they have what you just said in accounting books? Because that would make understanding assets and liabilities, I feel like, so much easier. <laughs> yeah. It really just made a lot of sense, everything you said. Well, thanks. Um, it, my parents, uh, my parents always used to tell me, um, you know, money, money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. And that was one of the big <laughs> reasons why they would tell me, oh, you can't have this or you can't have that or you need to work for this. Or, you know, they would do the same thing with the chores. But, yep. you know, when you do buy assets, it's it's obviously not like a tree in the sense that it's free, but um, it does provide shade, kind of like Warren Buffett says, um, best time to plant a tree was yesterday, uh, second best time is today. And so there, these assets can give you cash flows and income for years and even decades. And so a big way we try to teach as the ability to do that is by buying stocks, collecting dividends, and investing in the stock market. And that's one example of an asset that you can start to buy and accumulate. And the more you do buy them, the bigger your orchard grows, um, if, you, if you catch my drift. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion on money lessons and some of the ideas that we would pass along to our five or six-year-olds. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and you picked up a thing or two that could be helpful. If you have any ideas of things that you do for your kids or you would want to teach your kids about money, we'd love to hear from you. Please let us know. Without any further ado, we're going to go and sign out. You guys go out and find some great intrinsic value. Invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.